Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insight and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing infrastructure debt. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm happy to be joined this week by Investment Director Stephanie Passe. Welcome, Stephanie, and thanks for joining me. Hi, Daniel. Happy to be here. So, Stephanie, if we if we think about infrastructure debt or, or investment in real assets in general, like first off, perhaps in the context of publicly traded markets or in kind of contrast or relation to publicly traded markets. And I think we appreciate it. It's been a quite difficult year, broadly speaking, for both equities uh, and fixed income, certainly the first half of the year. Um, not only have we faced the challenge of negative returns for just very many asset classes, uh, we've also seen really, I don't want to say extraordinary volatility, but certainly quite high volatility, both in equities, if you look at the VIX index, uh, and similarly, similarly for fixed income, if you look at the move index. And I think this is very much related to, at least at one level, the transition from this you know, multi-decade bull market in fixed income with interest rates seeming, always, seemingly always falling and now starting to go up. And of course, now we add everything with the pandemic and, and Ukraine and inflation. So uh, quite challenging environment uh, with rising rates and volatility. And now the next thing that we anticipate uh, is a recession. So with all these challenges, rising inflation, higher interest rates uh, that we've had over the last several months and the challenges that's all posed to markets, how have infrastructure debt strategies uh, performed, how they've been affected? And maybe, I guess is the first question, if you could give us a quick summary of what infrastructure debt is for perhaps some of our listeners who aren't as familiar. Sure. So in short, I would say that uh, infra debt uh, asset class continues to demonstrate its resilience. And um, I will explain why infra debt is financing assets and companies that provide essential services to the community, such as energy, water, transportation, communication. The main characteristic of the infra debt asset class remains stable income throughout the economic cycle uh, that is supported by long-term regulated or contracted cash flows. The asset class benefit from high barrier to entry because we are talking of projects that uh, cost millions to build and that shown a low volatility and low correlation to listed uh, financial products. In terms of inflation, most of those assets are natural age uh, toward inflation as they are used by uh, end consumer, whatever the conditions uh, in the market are. And the long-term cash flows of those assets benefit from uh, long-term contracts that usually uh, include indexation on uh, inflation, which provides some uh, edge against it. And on the interest rate, most of our strategies are floating rate, which means that uh, will benefit ultimately for the raise in interest rate. So those two specific and current concerns are uh, usually well protected in the infra debt asset class. Okay, well, let me pick up a, a bit then on what you just mentioned in terms of rising interest rates. Now, we've seen clearly in the public bond markets yields uh, having increased quite significantly, and, and that has one obvious consequence of bond prices falling. Uh, but when we think, though, about publicly traded bonds relative to something like infrastructure debt, one of the appeals or advantages of infrastructure debt is the illiquidity premium that you got relative to government bonds when yields were low. But now that yields have risen, uh, how does that affect the appeal of infrastructure debt vis-a-vis -vis publicly traded bonds? 
Yeah, maybe one note on this is uh, important to note is that uh, Infradet itself is a very broad and diverse universe across sectors, as we mentioned, but also uh, in terms of diversification that can be achieved through the debt capital structure, offering a various risk return profile. So um, Infradet can range from senior secure debt and operating company level, um, strong investment grade to more junior type of debt supporting, for example, acquisition financing or, or financing at all core level. And this junior debt segment is worth highlighting in the current market as it is uh, growing and it represents an attractive opportunity for investors seeking uh, yield, uh, more yield, while seeking to maintain uh, debt protection and lower volatility and risk than the one usually associated with equity. And in this uh, specific subsegment of uh, infra-debt, we can achieve a yield that is still attractive, we believe. Uh, while senior debt might appear less uh, appealing from a yield perspective, as you rightly uh, mentioned, but uh, is still attractive to investors looking for more stable and secure investment solutions. Okay, let's go a little bit more in, into, as you mentioned, the different sectors. As you pointed out, it's a very diverse asset class. Again, in an environment, high inflation, rising rates. What are the sectors that you find particularly interesting? A lot of focus has been put on a renewable sector and telecom in the past years. And we anticipate these two sectors to still be booming sectors in the coming months with a lot of transaction in the back of energy transition and digitalization trends. But new opportunities are arising in view of the objectives of decarbonization and net zero by 2050, such as sectors that combine digital features with uh, green energy and uh, even transportation. We can talk about, uh, for example, uh, EV charging or smart grids. Another interesting evolution is the social uh, infrastructure space, including healthcare or education assets. As we have seen more inflows from uh, private capital uh, in those uh, sectors recently, and they can provide good opportunities for the infradebt as well. If they meet the usual characteristic of uh, infradebt, such as high barrier to entry, supportive regulatory framework, and stable cash flow. So we have uh, been able to uh, invest in a uh, in uh, a few of those transactions uh, recently. And that's an illustration of the infrastructure asset class evolving uh, over time with new um, sectors coming online. And we see this trend for growth continue in the next months. Again, we appreciate the environment that we're in is not an easy one. And with whatever opportunities we see in infrastructure debt, of course, there are risks associated with that. So what are the key risks you see to the asset class? And more broadly, what are your views on infrastructure debt uh, for the remainder of 2022 and, if you dare, into 2023? It's true that the asset class is also facing a few challenges. Want to mention is a raise in the cost of uh, raw material. Uh, this has a direct impact on the construction cost of, of those projects, uh, which, uh, as we mentioned, are usually huge capital cost deployment. And so for new infrastructure projects, it means that their price uh, will increase and it will affect their overall return. Another challenge as well is uh, all the uh, assets that are relying on energy to function. With the increase in the energy cost, there is an impact as well on the operating cost of those projects. However, I would mention that um, in the due diligence we carry before like uh, investing in all those assets, we usually go into a very detailed sensitivity analysis, sensitizing all the parameters that could affect the long-term return of the assets. So usually it's capture uh, upfront, but it's true that for, for new projects, we, we have seen, for example, delays in renewable projects recently because uh, all the parameters needed to be uh, adjusted. 
So these are two examples of challenges. However, we retain a very positive outlook for the infra debt asset class as a whole, with a strong pipeline of transactions to come. And just maybe to re-emphasize that as those assets provide essential services that are used irrespective of the uncertainties that may impact the market and society, it's quite resilient by nature through the cycles. Great. Thanks very much, Stephanie. Maybe I can summarize some of the key points that you made. Uh, so in general, infrastructure debt, uh, kind of as it says on the tin, uh, debt that is financing essential services. And the key appeal from an investor's point of view is that it provides stable income through the economic cycle. Performance has held up through the pandemic. And if we think particularly about inflation, uh, a lot of these projects have contracted revenue. So in a sense, it has an embedded hedge against inflation. Uh, a key point, though, with rising interest rates, you think about the liquidity premium offered by infrastructure debt, uh, and which inevitably shrinks as interest rates rise. But you pointed out that you can look at other parts of the capital structure uh, to capture more premium if that's what you need. In terms of sectors that you found interesting, you highlighted uh, the opportunity uh, to to look at ESG-related sectors, renewables, energy transition, investments related to net zero, and then also a new development, uh, investments in social infrastructure. In terms of challenges, you highlighted rising raw material prices, which clearly is important if you're if you're building big infrastructure projects, uh, and also just the dependence on energy in and of itself with rising prices. Well, Stephanie, thank you very much for sharing your insights on infrastructure debt. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out our website, Viewpoint, for all our investment insights. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. If you like the podcast, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. Just before we go, I'd like to mention that the Talking Heads podcast is available on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash BNPPAM slash playlist and click on Talking Heads. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris and Stephanie Passe. Thank you again, Stephanie. Please do join us next week. Until then, take care. This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.